Well, when the news that something big, something important, is going to be built near your home, there'll be understandably a few questions like, what is it? Why? And how is it going to affect me and my family? If you're in Port Kembla near Wollongong in New South Wales, those questions might already be swirling around the community. With reports, the bustling Maritime Gateway is now the preferred site for a new naval base that will ultimately house Australia's nuclear-powered submarines. It's all part of the AUKUS security agreement, taking up much of the headlines at the moment, with Prime Minister Anthony Albanese preparing to unveil more of the plan with his US and UK counterparts, President Joe Biden and Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. And while a final decision is yet to be made on the location of the new submarine hub, the idea could that uh, it could be built in Port Kembla is already attracting some criticism. Wayne Reynolds is a nuclear submarine expert and an honorary associate professor at the Australian Defence Force Academy. Welcome to RN Drive, Wayne. Thank you, Andy. Three sites on the East Coast have been shortlisted for this new base, Brisbane, Newcastle and Port Kembla, which is reportedly the favourite. Why? Why is it the front runner? Well, of the three, it's uh, got a, an industrial location it's on the south coast and one of the big factors has always been for the eastern uh, uh, base to be uh, on the New South Wales south coast. But uh, in the past, it's been Jarvis Bay with Port Kembla providing the industrial foundation for servicing Jarvis Bay, but it wasn't Port Kembla itself. So a little surprising to have a fairly well-established urban area like Port Kembla being the actual base. You can certainly see why it would be in a very strong service role with its manufacturing, but to have the submarines actually based there is a little surprising. So what makes a good submarine base? I mean, is it something to do with the depth of the water or the other uh, enterprises nearby for servicing, or or is it something else about it being away from population centres for strategic reasons? Well, I think historically Australia, and that's why I feel I'm an historian, actually, I'm not a, an engineer, <laughs> but the, the, historically Australia has followed very closely the British uh, practice and the British have located their submarines at Fast Lane, which is near uh, Glasgow, but it's far enough away for it to be in a secure location. And the key factor there was that it had access to deep water It was relatively remote, but also in touch with the power grid and industrial services and supplies of fresh water and what have you. And often it's near a a weapons testing facility as well. So when you sort of go out in the water, you can test the rockets and whatever. And so these were all functions uh, initially of Jarvis Bay. So, uh, for example, and we know it can host a big fleet because in 1945 when the British dispatched their fleet to the Pacific War, Jarvis Bay was a key part of that deployment. Uh, yeah, and it's already got a, a, a Navy base. Uh, it's, I, I believe it's HMAS Cerberus from memory. I yes, mean, that's uh, right. Uh, well, so let's go to Newcastle or Brisbane. What problems would those ports present well, uh, Brisbane actually did host uh, American submarines in World War II, but it's uh, a river for start. So I, I think the the type of facilities that you could locate there would be uh, problematic. You've also got it's an estuary as well, so you've got a lot of shallow water. Uh, so from that point of view, I think there'd be a problem. But it's even a bigger problem than Port Kembla. It's a massive urban area. 
it would be very difficult to find a, an appropriate site. But of course, a lot of this assumes things about the base itself and what it does. Uh, if it's simply a question of sailing a submarine in, as they're going to do tomorrow at San Diego, which is not a submarine base, it's a fleet base, well, you could do that in Brisbane. And if you were rotating submarines through Brisbane, that wouldn't be a problem. Similarly with Newcastle, you've got uh, uh, an estuary there and I think the same pro – and you've also got industry there, but nothing like uh, the, the establishments you've got at Port Kembla. So I think the locations themselves are congested urban areas. They don't have the water access that Port Kembla has and they're on river estuaries. So when it comes to, I suppose, the existing kinds of infrastructure that we have, I mean, there, there's – there isn't there a, a submarine base in south of Perth in WA and the, the submarine construction and maintenance facilities in Adelaide? Why aren't these being considered? Is it something ge geostrategic about their location? Well, one, we've always had a, a sort of an idea of a base on the west coast and a base on the east coast. It wasn't a problem for many, many years. There was just the one Australia station and that was based on Sydney. But when the British uh, announced the withdrawal east of Suez and people started to worry about the Indian Ocean, then there was a major focus on what was going to happen on the Indian Ocean. So there was a West Coast base and the British at one stage were going to locate their Polaris submarines and their attack submarines in Fremantle. So this idea of a, of a deployment east of Suez, very much based on the idea that they would go to Fremantle. And of course, the... Um, uh, uh, VLF station, transmitting station in Northwest Cape, was there to support those submarines in the Indian Ocean. On the East Coast, on the other hand, you had access to the Southern Oceans, and that's always been a, a, a major consideration of Australian thinking. When you look at the map, you can see that most of the urban areas sit in the southeast corner. And a lot of our defence assessments going back a long way were very conscious of the threat that might come from the Southern Oceans, from the South particularly down towards Antarctica. So the idea that you would have a capability to uh, patrol the Southern Oceans was uh, a very significant one. And, of course, that's why the nuclear issue is important because nuclear submarines can do that, whereas conventional submarines are pretty poor at that. If you just join me on RN Drive, it's 14 minutes past five. Wayne Reynolds is my guest. We're talking about uh, these uh, new uh, nuclear submarines and where exactly they might be uh, based. Port Kembla is the current favourite uh, in the New South Wales Illawarra region. Now, Wayne, there are, there are potential challenges in getting actually getting these Virginia-class submarines here with some US senators warning against any plan to sell or transfer Virginia-class submarines to Australia before the US Navy has met its current requirement. How are we going to get around that complication? Well, there's going to be two arguments, and I'll be really interested in this tomorrow. One argument is that we will pay money, uh, we'll invest in the infrastructure in the United States so that they can ramp up the production of these Virginia-class submarines. Now, they're already a significant rollout on these submarines, so we won't be, I don't think, bringing much by way of technology transfer to the United States. But the idea is that you would fund it, which reminds me of the system of the Barton government at the beginning of Federation when we paid money to the British to uh, fund a dreadnought which would then come out to the Australia station and help defend us. So no technology transfer, there was no real building up of capability here. 
but we, we paid the money for the British industrial base to be secured. Now, there's a strong argument in the United States that they want to see that happen. They've already got uh, uh, literal combat ships and transport ships that we make for the United States, uh, but that's done in Alabama. We had to go there to do the manufacturing. So I think the first argument is that uh, we will help them. But the second argument, which I think is even more plausible, is that the Americans will simply rotate their existing submarines and joint crew and train the Australians, but they'll rotate them through... Well, Western Australia would be the location for those, but they might sort of go into Port Canberra and what have you. But Western Australia would be the base. But that would be the immediate so-called capability gap, which, uh, again, is a bit of a, an assumption. We didn't have a submarine from 1915 to 69, and there were two world wars in between, so we could argue that. But the Virginia-class submarine would just rotate through in the same way that they did in Britain in 1960, when the British came in with the Americans in a partnership, they set up a base at Hollylock in Scotland and the British then shared that base with the United States. But there was no real interaction uh, in terms of the development of the submarines, but they were American submarines with, with uh, British people on board, but they were also a separate American uh, task force. So I think something like the Hollylock arrangement might be possible. We're almost out of time, but the plan apparently is to eventually build these new subs in Adelaide, but we have obviously a huge deficit of skill and workers. It's something we've been talking about this afternoon. The Australian Navy is reportedly launching a recruitment drive to find what will be hundreds of personnel for the next 30 years. I think 20,000 extra workers is the figure that's been given. uh, Yeah, earlier I I spoke to Jane McCann Master, she's the Chief Engineer at Engineers Australia about this. Take a listen. We haven't trained enough engineers in Australia for a very long time and per capita, we're one of the lowest countries for training of engineers, um, sadly. The other additional problems are that um, our skilled migrants have, have low employment outcomes once they reach Australia. Just briefly, is Australia capable of making this work in your view? No, that's a really good observation because when you look at our research and development, particularly in advanced manufacturing, we are way down the bottom of the OECD. And if you look at the latest Lowy Institute Asia Power Index, you'll see that on things like research and development and economic capability, we we rank way down. So there is certainly a problem there. Uh, Somebody called us a branch office when they were rolling out the NBN, for example. They said, well, the trouble is you don't innovate in Australia. If you want to work in IT, you go to Silicon Valley. So that's a problem. The second problem is that there's a general shortage anyway because we're ramping up naval production. And uh, so we've got the frigate program coming and there's been a broadening of the base of naval production. So it's interesting to differentiate between what the submarines are going to do over and above what we were doing with the conventional submarines and the new naval construction. And the other observation I'd make, Andy, is that we don't have a merchant marine. And most, most of the OECD countries, when they sort of develop uh, facilities, they've got a, 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 a fair merchant marine. They've also got nuclear power. Well, One of the few countries in the OECD that doesn't have nuclear power. Perhaps, Wayne, will be relying on our AUKUS allies for some of those engineers as well as the submarines themselves. Uh, we'll have to leave it there. Wayne Reynolds is a nuclear submarine expert and an honorary associate professor at the Australian Defence Force Academy. Appreciate your time, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.